Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Treasures from the vault. Kia ora. Thanks for coming back. And I promised you in our last Treasures from the Vault, I would talk to you this week about our fourth very unofficial language in New Zealand. So it's time to teach you how to speak like a true blue Kiwi or New Zealander with some sweet as slang. So I guess what we're going to talk start with is things that you would call people here in New Zealand. You quite often hear people refer to others as like bro or cuz or fella or G, or ow. Um These are all just kind of slang terms for you, like pay you. I know um, bro and cuz and fella um, kind of have like sort of masculine sounding sort of connotations, but honestly, everybody uses bro. Um, so that's kind of a weird thing that we do. I mean, you can kind of use sis sometimes but nobody really does um I don't know I just go hey bro to my female and ginger neutral friends too so anyway if they're particularly awesome then they're skucks and if you've seen um hunt for the wilder people then you'd know a bit about skucks um and that basically means like that they're like just killing it at life, you know. If you don't like somebody, if you think they're think you're dumb, um, then you might say something like, You're such an egg or a sad guy or a stink fella, um, or fella is um it's like the female version of fella, I guess. It sounds really stupid when I'm trying to explain this to you guys, but you know, it's true. Um, an egg is something I use all the time. It's almost sort of endearingly kind of insulting. It's, you know, you you sort of do it with a tease and a poke of the ribs or something, you know. A sad guy or a stink fella, nah, that's a bit worse. Um, that's like someone who's like a holdout or, you know, like who eats all the food or... You know, someone like that. If someone's drunk or something is broken, we'll say that they're munted or that's munted. Um, munted is basically all screwed up. Um, so, yeah, if someone's drunk, we're like, oh, bro, you're too munted to drive. You know, that's definitely something you hear all the time. When something's, like, real cool and you're expressing that, like, you know, when you're, like, would be saying, like, cool, You'd say chur or choice or sweet ass or mean or sick or far out or just far. <laughs> um, we like to keep things to like one syllable apparently when we're excited about stuff. So choose some of those and just insert them in your vocab. Choice, mate. Um, to agree with something 
uh, you go yeah, keen, hard, or hard out, or chur. That, that would be to agree with something really um, clearly, to agree with something really emphatically, but maybe less clearly. You'd say nah, yeah, um, which is not to be confused by um, with yeah, nah, which is disagreeing with something. Um, and when you also want to disagree with something and maybe sound a little bit defensive, you'd say, not even Al. Um, and Al is just kind of a thing that we put on the end of sentences, just as much as we say I at the end of sentences as well. We add that on quite a lot. Um, Al was like, you know, I, I mentioned it before, it's like something you call a person, but you quite often just sort of add it on for emphasis. I don't know. It's a weird thing that we do here in New Zealand. Oh. Um, things that you might take to the beach with you. So you'd take jandals and togs and stubbies and a chili bin, and then you'd visit the dairy for an ice cream. Um, yeah, I will translate that. You would take jandals, meaning like apparently thongs over in America, like a sandal that's rubber, you know, togs are like bikinis and I guess board shorts for guys. It's a, it's a tog, a swimsuit, you know. Stubbies are like tiny little shorts that like rugby players wear, but in New Zealand we, we wear them all the time, especially with your jandals. Um, and carrying the chili bin, which is like, you know, one of those plastic portable ice boxes that keeps your food cold when you're down the beach. And then a dairy is a convenience store. So there you go. Now you sound like a real true Kiwi in summer with your jandals and your togs and your chili bin. Um, we love ice cream heaps. Um, and heaps is a word that we add to a lot of things, actually. We use heaps as, like, I love you heaps. Um, or like, oh, they're heaps good <laughs> sometimes. Like, instead of very, which is really weird. Um, but it's a thing we do. And, uh, you know, be, be careful not to be a hungus around Kiwis. A hungus is someone who eats all the food. Um, and you would get accused of that, which might be confusing for you, but won't be now. Um, us Kiwis, we're crack up or we're hilarious, you know. And we, we refer to someone as being a crack up or a hard case if they're a funny person. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing we do as well. When you're mad, you're like packing a sad or having a spaz, um... And people will accuse you of that. Oh, are you packing a sad owl? Um, if you look like you're throwing kind of a sulky tantrum. So, <laughs> yep, that's the thing. Uh, it's not actually a thing that you can pack so much as something that you do. Trying to be, like, positive and tell someone that everything will be all right. You say things like, she'll be right, mate, you know. Um, she'll be right is a phrase that you hear a lot. Um, not just when you're trying to be positive and tell someone that it'll be all right, but also when you've kind of propped up something with like a piece of timber that's sort of precariously hanging there and you're looking at it and you're going, that's not going to last, is it? And your mate goes to you, nah, mate, she'll be right. 
Um, meaning it'll probably be okay. <laughs> Who knows? We'll come back on check on it. It's, you know, it's kind of a thing that we say. Um, we also talk about tiki touring to the wop wops quite a lot. Um, and, and those are two words that you probably won't recognize. Tiki touring is, is kind of a, a conglomeration of Māori and English to basically mean driving around aimlessly, like essentially a Sunday drive whether you've got no real destination or or you're just having a look on the way to somewhere, you're kind of tiki-touring the roads, you know, and tiki-touring the wop-wops. Um, so wop-wops is... I've been told that in America you guys use BFE, which means bumfuck Egypt, um, which makes no sense to me at all. Um, I don't know why in the middle of America you're talking about Egypt, but um, we use wop wops to mean in the middle of nowhere. And um, and we're not going to take any uh, harassment on that because if you think we're weird, um, I'm going to direct you back to BFE, which is super weird. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk to you about specifically today, because I realize this is a lot of information to just drop on you, is um, a phrase that was also t- coined into a meme. Um, Nick Minute. Uh, yeah, Nick Minute came from New Zealand from Levi Hawkin when he found a broken scooter in an Otago park in 2011 and his friends filmed him saying what he thought like a kid must have thought on finding it like that you know like a broken scooter he's like left my scooter outside the dairy Nick Minute and just like that it went crazy viral crazy viral in fact Levi Hawkins is now um (laughs) a a a, uh, what do you call it an actor in a documentary essentially well not an actor because it's his real life it's a documentary about um his life and how how he went viral and how he was the butt of a joke of a meme um I guess he was the butt of the joke but he talks about how it happened and how it changed his life and it's just it's actually a really interesting documentary and I'm going to put a link to it um in the description of my episode so please if you're interested in that go check it out if you have no idea what I'm talking about with Nick Minute then I also encourage you to go to the description of this episode and check out the YouTube link which I've posted for you which is the original um, what happened for him to be posted all over the internet and gone crazy. Um, I think a combination of things made it so popular. Like, nobody had heard it before and it was kind of hilarious. Um, It was just really good, like, comedy timing and, you know, just just the world was looking for something that sort of silly and, and grabbed their attention that much. And also, you know what, he's an interesting guy to look at visually. Uh, he's got um, some medical conditions which have basically meant that his physical appearance is quite unusual. 
um, his teeth are quite large and his skin is quite sort of um, almost aged um, and stretched. Um, so a combination of that and what he said being really funny um, led to his popularity and therefore Nick Minute and New Zealand went around the world. So you're welcome, world, for our, <laughs> our contribution to meme uh, history. <laughs> News Nuggets. Okay, so I'm a little greedy for this week's News Nuggets, and I want to talk to you about three things um, that are going on in New Zealand at the moment. One is kind of linked to some of the stuff that I've already been talking about, and that's that there has been a massive push to make sure that New Zealand history is taught coherently in schools. Um, currently, at the moment, we're taught a little bit about the history of New Zealand, but it mostly is around um, the Treaty of Waitangi and that we got it kind of wrong. Um, and then the other bits are about how Māori huts are made. Um, and it's not maybe the best kind of uh, coherent look at New Zealand history and how we came to be. Um, and it's not even the same across all of the schools. And so because of that, like different people get different education and it's just not, it's, you know, it's not great. So there's been a massive push for this to happen. And um, it's been announced that curriculum changes are actually being made now that will reset a national framework around teaching that around New Zealand history um, so basically what they're going to cover now is um, the arrival of Māori to Aotearoa um, yep the arrival of Māori to Aotearoa so they weren't always here either um, and I will probably talk about that in another episode um, first encounters and early colonial history, um, the Treaty of Waitangi, uh, its history, the colonization of it, uh, and immigration to Aotearoa, the New Zealand Wars, the evolving national identity of New Zealand in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, and the country's ongoing role in the Pacific. So it sounds really good. Um, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm I'm actually teacher trained, um, and I'm really excited about this. I um I have a Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Teaching, so I can technically teach primary and secondary. And the education that we did um, around being able to teach some of this to the kids was sparse at best. So I'm super excited to see what they come up with, um, and I, I can't wait to get my hands on it and read all about it. So that'll be really cool. Um, the second thing I want to talk to you guys about is that um, there is a current research project set to prepare New Zealand for Mount Taranaki's probably eventual eruption. Um, we have a few active volcanoes here in New Zealand. And we're right on uh, the tectonic plate shifts and, and we're full of earthquakes and craziness here. Um, and it's very likely that one of them's going to go off again, you know, in the near future. I mean, they do. That's just what happens. It's just how the earth reacts to things. So they've been doing some work around this and they've found that 
basically the last time Taranaki erupted was in 1790. Um, quiet patches, as they can tell by looking at the um, the geothermic geo what do you call them deposits um, around the mountain, basically showing that it seems to have erupted sort of 100 to 200 years every. Um, somewhere around that period and the longest gap being 300 years so we're well within the danger area basically is what they're saying so there's a 50% chance that Mount Taranaki will erupt in the next 50 years and 50 years is within some of the people that are alive right now's lifetime so it's scary enough for us to basically be putting some money into it and doing some research around what we can do um, if it happens so basically there's going to be a massive um, amount of money what what are they talking it's like 13.7 million dollars on a five-year project basically spent to cut down uncertainty um, and look at how to any ongoing disruption that could be caused by the eruption and how we can basically work around it. So basically how to survive it um, and survive it well. So that's interesting and I look forward to hearing more about that as it comes out. Um, but what really got me is one of the quotes in the article, and it was like, there's no indications that Mount Taranaki is about to erupt. However, its unbroken geological history of the activity tells us that it will in the future. So it's not looking like it's going to erupt. We just know it's going to erupt based on the past. So we'd, okay, you know, like it makes sense. Um, to not worry about it until we get to it. But it's not very D&D, is it? You know, like, to worry about it well in advance of it happening. It's more D&D to go, oh, there's smoke. I wonder what we should do about that. Um, so, you know, they, they clearly don't play uh, D&D. Um, that's what I think. I don't know. I've gone way off topic. Anyway. Um... And, oh, the third one I wanted to talk to you guys about was my favorite thing in um, Stuff this week. Oh, Stuff is our, like, news app articles, Um, and it's great. And you don't read – oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. You don't read Stuff comments um, because the comments are always, like, a bunch of trolls and not very nice and basically always focused on the wrong thing in the article and – I'm sure you've met internet trolls and you know what I'm talking about. So there's this massive article about how the volcano is probably going to erupt and you think the comments would be on like whether or not people thought it was going to or if they cared about it or any of that kind of stuff. But instead what they, what the stuff comments of this article is, is why are we calling it Mount Taranaki? So Mount Taranaki has had a couple of names in its lifetime. It was Mount Taranaki originally when the Maori arrived and named it so. They were kind of here first. Um, And then we named it Egmont because, you know, uh, we like to stomp our feet around and rename things as we see it fit. 
Uh, and then we decided that actually we should probably go back to its original name now that we know it was its original name and we can't really claim that we didn't know it was its original name. We'd kind of be dicks to just keep on calling it something that its that name is not actually. It's like that person who you think their name is Paul but it's actually Bob and you've been calling them Paul this entire time and then they go actually I mean you I know you've been saying my name's Paul this entire time but my name's actually Bob and then you just continue to call them Paul anyway um it's that that's that's what these stuff commenters are basically saying we should do and it annoys me annoys me but I'm not replying because you don't reply to internet trolls you don't give them the satisfaction anyway moving on uh my favorite article and stuff is a really light-hearted awesome one that just again shows how cool uh New Zealand police are and how out of the box that they think um We've got this, obviously we've got um, problems with everybody does with um, people texting and driving, calling and driving or taking photos and driving or I don't know what they're bloody doing and driving, but basically using their phones. And we've got massive fines that are happening for it at the moment. You get a $80 ticket um, written out to you if you get caught on your cell phone in your car, um, which is good, I think, because it causes too many accidents and I'm okay with it. I got an $80 ticket and I paid it and I nodded to myself that I should not have been using my phone. So my bad. It doesn't matter that I was in an intersection. I know the rules. <laughs> um, so up in Taranaki, they did this sting operation where they were basically catching people using their cell phones. Someone would be positioned further down the road and they would call into the cops, you know, later down the road and they'd pull these cars over. But instead of getting... Um, a fine they were giving them a sausage and talking to them about how to install bluetooth or why they were using their phone and did they realize and they were basically walking old people through how to um, make their phone talk to their car stereo um they were installing like hands-free like um holders if people had them and they just did never put them in their car they were helping them do that um and i was just in awe of Taranaki and the awesome way that they decided to deal with that. I think it was a really positive thing for them to do. Um, they got out there and they were just talking to people in the environment, full-on education, feeding some people and being helpful. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm totally fine with them spending government money to do that. I think that's, that's awesome and amazing and so New Zealand. Oi, oh, you were using your phone as a sausage. Tell me about why you were doing it. Let's fix that problem for you. Ugh, it's just so sweet as so kiwi. Just time to shine. Oh, what happened for me this week? Okay, so this week was a large one. Um, I work in retail. I've definitely said that before. I don't know if I've said that my job is a visual merchandiser. I can't remember. I don't listen to my own episodes. Weird, right? Um, so my job is a visual merchandiser. I basically go around and I make stores look pretty um, and bring them in line with the rest of the other stores and the same brand so that every time you walk into a that brand store, you get the same experience and it feels about the same and you would find everything in about the same place. That's basically what my job is in a nutshell. 
Um, only sometimes that changes. So this week we opened a brand new store in a location that's about two and a half hours away from where I live. So I got to drive up there really early in the morning so that I would meet the truck that was delivering um, 12 pallets of fixtures at 7.30. So that was fun. I do the math on that. I had to be up ridiculously early to make that truck. Um, And then... I spent an entire day making up those fixtures, so the tables and the racks and all of that sort of stuff that clothing hangs on, I had to make all of that. And then the next day, we got 18 pallets worth of stock arrive, and we had to start like hanging it and folding it and sorting it all out into where it was going to go in the store. I was only there for two days. Um, the the store workers uh, were there obviously over the weekend and then my manager turned up for another three days to really make sure it was all just nailed and looking beautiful by that point so um it was a really interesting experience to walk into an empty store and try to start filling it It um it's crazy but it was cool it was really uh, a fun thing to do apart from the fact that I basically worked 14 hour shifts and I'm definitely not getting paid for that so that's why I'm not talking about who I work for. Um, what else did I do this week? Oh, um, I have been writing a homebrewed one-shot for um, my other podcast, um, At Feet of Eisen, a D&D actual play recorded here with a bunch of New Zealand comedians, which is pretty cool. Um and uh, every Halloween, I say every Halloween, I've only done one and this will be the second, but basically it's going to be a thing. Every Halloween um, I'm going to be running some kind of a spooky homebrew one-shot sort of deal um, in Eisen, just designed to throw some flavour out there and Brady works hard, so, you know, give him a break. Um, and, of course, what else would I use to write a D&D one-shot brand new one but Ghosts of Saltmarsh it was always going to be a thing the book is beautiful there is so much exciting stuff to explore inside it I was just so excited to crack the pages and I do have to say a big thank you to TJ for lending me his beautiful beautiful copy of Saltmarsh and I say beautiful beautiful because it's the one with the extra special cover art and it's worth it it is just a gorgeous piece of work um, and I'm sorry for all of you who don't do any kind of D&D and thought that you were listening to a podcast about New Zealand history. I've gone a bit off track this week. And I guess it's just because I have Ghosts of Saltmarsh on the brain and my new one shot that I have made called Adrift on Ruined Seas. Uh, it's going to be recorded in the next couple of weeks and you'll hear it come out sometime around Halloween um, on Fate of Eisen. So if you're an RPG fan, then I would recommend you go check us out. You can find us on all of the usual podcast stuff. Um, And what else have I got going on? Oh, I've got a comedy gig coming up soon on a um, comedy show called um, A Comedy Show of Good Comedians. Um, And basically it's a... Uh, a female gender neutral uh, queer by andro all of the things friendly kind of show 
um, basically just anybody but a straight white male um, <laughs> basically is welcome on um, on the show and I'm really excited because it's a really fun one um, it's always really interesting and different and challenging comedy so that's really cool to be involved in um, I've been writing a bit of a special set for it where I talk about um, some of the stuff that makes me me um, and not just a, uh, a bisexual female in my 30s which um, I'm kind of sick about talking about so I'm going to talk about some other stuff about me which I'm really excited to take to the show and I really hope it gets a good reaction so if you're in Wellington and you feel like coming to see that please do um, go see Hugo Girls gigs on Facebook to find out a bunch of information or check out any of my um, public pages at Jules Bergeser on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You can find all of the deets there. Cool. Now on to the next segment. Jules Gems. Hey Jules, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die. I've heard you calling into some other podcasts, so I thought I'd check out your podcast. I've listened to the first couple of episodes. Just finished up the one where you talked about and then sang the New Zealand anthem and oh my gosh you have some pipes you're really good um, I've uh, history and things of that nature is my thing I've got a degree in it and uh, just really enjoy learning about other places I actually uh, had a foreign exchange student when I was a senior in high school from New Zealand um, he's the one who introduced me to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and uh, kind of remade touch with him with Facebook in a couple of years ago. Uh, so it's really interesting. Keep it up. Thanks, Larry. Um, as I said to Laren, uh, I am cheating. Covers band singer. It's kind of easy for me to hitch it out like that. And um, for an exchange student, where are you from? Could it be just like a New Zealander? to go and get themselves exchanged at a place that speaks English and the culture is basically exactly the same. That's such a Kiwi thing to do and cracks me up in my head so much. Oh, I'm going to go experience some real different culture. Uh, I'll go somewhere that fish and chips is said slightly differently. Um, yeah, it just cracks me up in my head. And I love Hitchhiker's Guide. It's amazing. Don't go anywhere without your towel. I used to carry one in my car for, like, only that reason, really. And that did come in handy a lot of the time. A good cow, a good towel, a good cow, a good cow lick, I don't know, could come in handy all of the time. Um, cool. This has been a really fun episode for me just because it was full of a whole lot of stuff I wanted to talk about. Yay! Podcasting where I just talk and you guys listen and hopefully tell me I'm not too crap. Uh, that's exciting. Um, because I feel like I'm talking to dead air sometimes, I sort of wanted to get some feedback about what you might want me to talk about and instead of just asking you really broadly um this time around although please do feel free to call in if you have something in particular about New Zealand that you've heard about that you want me to 
um, chat about, I would totally put that on my list and totally get to that. Um, but this time around, I'm going to give you three options because I don't have any um, call-ins about this yet. I'm going to give you three options. I'm going to put this up on my Twitter um, as well so you don't have to necessarily call in and leave me a message about what you think I should talk about. Go to my Twitter account, at Jules Bergeser, and that's at J-U-L-Z-B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R and you'll find me there Um, and vote on the poll that will be up hopefully um, for which one of these topics you want me to talk about and they are Marmite New Zealand Money or the New Zealand famous author Catherine Mansfield those three things again are Marmite New Zealand Money or Catherine Mansfield. So I look forward to finding out about what I'm talking about uh, in my next episode real soon. Yay! See you guys. Uh, and oh, before I go, um, I need to leave you with one more Kiwi saying word that I haven't mentioned already, which may stick out like a bit of a sore thumb actually. And that is gumboots. Now, apparently, gumboots are called different things in different countries, and this is bizarre and mind-blowing to me because they have always been gumboots, and they will always be gumboots, and they are those big, black, rubbery things that you put on your feet to go outside and splash in puddles. Gumboots. That's what they are. And we Kiwis, we feel very passionately about our gumboots. Uh, In fact, we wrote songs about gumboots, Now, to be fair, the song was a rework of Billy Connolly's song, 1975 hit, the Welly Boot song, which I don't even know what those things are. But uh, Fred Dagg, in 1976, wrote the Kiwi classic song, Gumboots. And that is what I'm going to end the episode on today. You're welcome. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) is really all I have to say about that. If you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on your platform of choice. It all really helps. Enohora, katkite anō, and I'll see you next week.